So why is that just friends? They're just friends. They're the, just the, friends. The, the dreaded sentence, they're just friends. And did yeah. you find that they often were just friends? No. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Uncoupling, where we destigmatize breakups and we move through them with self-empowerment. This week, we have Olivia Hawkins on the program. Hello, everyone. <laughs> you guys might know her from the hit show Love Island, season nine contestant. She's also an actress, a dancer, an influencer, and we are so excited that she is going to get down and candid with us about destigmatizing breakups and the fact that Olivia, we talk on our program about how on an Instagram feed, for instance, we're very vulnerable with social media yeah. these days. However, there's the boyfriend or the girlfriend and all of a sudden it's just blank and mm -hmm. there's no explanation. And we think that's because we're conditioned to think something's that's ending is a failure. And yeah. that's not necessarily the case. It can always be a blessing and a pivot in a new direction. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can take a lot of lessons from people that are no longer in your life. It doesn't mean that you haven't learned something. So we like to to break that down on this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Now, what is your current relationship status? So I'm currently very, very single. Very, very single. <laughs> Emphasis on the very... But do you know what? I'm actually happy. I'm 28. Mm -hmm. I'm very comfortable being by myself. I've never been in a labeled relationship, so I've never actually called anyone my boyfriend. Wow, really? I know. Yeah. It's and actually then, quite crazy. So on Love Island, forgive me, yeah. because there is a massive following in the States. Uh, yeah. But I have not seen it. And my uh, my manager has seen it. A few of our producers on the show have seen it. So they're all really yeah. excited. Uh, will you, for the listeners that are not familiar with Love Island, will you give a breakdown of what that was? Yeah, what, just Love Island in general or my just, season? And, and, and your role on the season, yeah. So my role on the season, so I was an original cast member, so I went in from day one. I was there for seven and a half weeks. I went through about six couples in there. I think I was, I went through the most. <laughs> but for I, me in there, I really... You know, I couldn't fake anything. If something wasn't serving me or wasn't, you know, working for me, I just moved on to something new. I couldn't really force it. Mm -hmm. And I think in that environment, it is really easy to just settle. And even on the outside, I think people settle quite easily. Um, but I had a tough time in there. I so didn't... that's interesting. You say you'd, you never had a boyfriend and then on the show, there was this odd metaphor that I'm seeing right away of, you don't want to settle and that there's there's absolutely everything that you should pay attention to about not uh suiting up for something that's not you yeah and, and i think also i always say like don't lower your standards just for the sake of being in a relationship mm -hmm. you know be comfortable being with your by yourself and then if you meet someone great but if it's not working out don't force it so Never having a boyfriend, did you, would you call them situationships then of yeah. what you've been through? Like, when did you first start dating or when was your first breakup or your first situation breakup? So I had quite a long situationship. I had two back to back and mm -hmm. one of them was like two years. And then the second one was wow. like almost three years. And what <laughs> do you think? I should have learned from the first one. <laughs> well, what, what made you not want to feel exclusively committed to the first situationship that was two years 
Do you know what? I think it almost got past a point where it's too far to be like, what are we? You know, when you have that mm. conversation of, are we together? And I think I became really comfortable with acting as if we were kind of in a relationship, but we weren't. Um, and it just almost got too far in. And deep. To address. Yeah, to address it. And, but you know, I'd, I'd, me I'd met their family, I'd go out with their friends and... It would be everything that a relationship is just without calling them my boyfriend, which is and just crazy. The introductions into the family was this, this is Olivia or this is my friend Olivia. I think it was more, this is my friend. My um, friend Olivia. Yeah. But looking back now, I probably shouldn't have been okay with that, but I just went with it. But I was a lot younger then. I think now I'm not as naive. Do you think there's any technological advancements like i.e. social media or like you said your age that yeah. uh pushed you into that situation subconsciously or is it something that at the time being that young you chose to do i think it did age definitely did have a part to play in it i think naivety but I always say social media is like the root of all evil. <laughs> I think it, right? It causes so many issues for me with situations, you know, where guys are following girls and liking mm. photos. And I know it might seem so small and minuscule to them, but I think for us women, it's quite a big deal when you're dating someone because it's almost like they're still seeking from other people. Yeah, yeah. How did you manage when you were in those situationships, when people would be following others that you that made you uncomfortable? Um, I really didn't like it. And I think because I wouldn't do it myself. And when I'm mm. involved with someone, I do tend to give like 100% of me to that one person. And that, I've always been like that, you know, if I really like someone, I'll just focus on them. I don't want to speak to multiple other people. So I would bring it up in conversation, but in the past, it's been, oh, you know, they're just friends. It's always, they're just friends. They're just friends. They're the, just the, friends. the dreaded sentence, they're just friends. And did yeah. you find that they often were just friends? No. Never? Really? So there was infidelity in, in, around the situationship? Um, yeah, as or a, I'd say majority emotional. Them, yeah, majority of them weren't friends. They were, you know people they'd met on nights out or mm. people that they'd spoken to before. But I think, you know, as women, we have like such a gut instinct. And I always think right. when you have that feeling inside you and you just know, I always go with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And would you say, what's the worst kind of breakup, uh, either from a relationship or a situationship that, that you have you found in your experience? Um, do you know what? Recently, I actually experienced being ghosted. Ah, uh, yeah. So that for me was just, because there was no closure to it. It was just kind of like, they just disappeared. And then it kind of leaves you feeling, oh gosh, have I done something wrong? And then right. it's like, no, I haven't. Don't blame it on yourself. But it's so right. easy to do that. And how long were you with this person before the ghosting occurred? You know what? I was only speaking to them for about a month or so, but it mm. was like regular FaceTimes and we hadn't even got to the point of going on a date, which sounds wild, but I think it's more like you're invested in your imagination and you 
picture it and you build it up to something and then I think when it doesn't happen it's almost the unknown yeah it's it's the silent treatment that are some of the yeah. worst uh there's because there's no closure yeah I no think. closure and I just yeah. think in this day and age it's almost become really normalized like go sing why do you think that is I don't know I don't know if it's this generation I always say I should have been born in the 1920s. Because <laughs> courtship so was a thing. Yeah. When courtship was a thing, you know, my grandparents, my granddad couldn't have access to my grandma. He'd go and knock on the door and ask right. to take her out with her parents, you know. So nowadays it's like, it's so easy for guys. They can just message you on Instagram and, you know, there's no courting. It's not as traditional and it's... It's such a shame, but I don't I don't know where that started from. I think it's the uh the effort is a lot more minimal in initially invested. Like you said, you know, yeah. the guys don't have to walk up to the door and ask parents permissions to take their daughters out yeah. anymore. So yeah. ten seconds of a not even ten seconds, two seconds of a hey, what's up? Yeah. Is the walking to the door now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah. almost yeah. the bare minimum, you know flowers or like opening the door when you get out of the car but then because I feel like chivalry is a bit dead at the moment it kind of then you feel like oh this is really nice but really that's just the bare minimum. Well, ghosting is something that I haven't talked about on this program and I think it's really important to address because an aspect of uncoupling there are so many different types of ghosting like mm. you said, there's ones where you haven't been on a date like you guys, but you the lead up of the emotional vulnerability and slowly opening up to something yeah. before a first date can almost mm -hmm. feel more intimidating because there was so much verbal and emotional com communication, essentially. I don't know if we would call it attachment, but you're building such a slow, organic attachment that it almost felt more invasive to not get back to you. Yeah, for sure. And then you have like an idea of this person in your head and you start to like think mm. about the future of like when you're going to meet them. And then it's like, just shut that book. And it's like, oh, there's just no answers. And I think it's almost just such a cowardly thing to just not, you know, say I'm not feeling it or I'm talking to someone else. I think people would appreciate that so much more than just not getting a response. And and it's a good, it's a good topic to bring up of how many times as the receiver do you reach out and say were they busy you know how much self-doubt or questioning do you put into the to the to this relationship essentially uh yeah. before you have to say okay this is this is like a ghosting essentially yeah I think I always um, give someone the benefit of the doubt I'm quite forgiving so I'd see what their excuse is if it's sorry I've just been busy I'll probably reply who is this you know <laughs> but if if obviously everyone has lives everyone sense. goes through things so I do give people a chance but I think yeah I don't think that can run really mm, mm. and so how many times did you reach out before you said okay this is exactly what I'm thinking this is so I didn't I didn't reach out after the fun so we we're supposed to have the date Mm -hmm. And then he never contacted on the day. And then I think he messaged like a week later. So then I just, you know, if you don't hear on the day of the date, you're like, it's not Yeah. Happening. So wait, so he planned the date. You guys yeah. both planned the date. And then he essentially didn't confirm 
i.e. Yeah. subconsciously standing <laughs> well consciously but yeah but pretty that's, much. wow and, and so then, a week later he contacted you yeah and just said sorry i've been really busy who's um, the who, who, new phone who's this <laughs> yeah and i just said who, yeah. who is this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so at that point, uh he did come back around cowardly with the tail between his legs. Yeah. But uh hopefully how long did it take you to feel vindicated is not the right word, but that you dodged a bullet, that it, you could recognize past the hurt mm-hmm. of being stood up and your time being wasted. Uh how long did it take you to feel wow, I really dodged a bullet. This could have been six months in and he could have emotionally yeah. pulled the same kind of shenanigan. I think that's that's the point there. I think it was a few days because I kind of thought, well, you know, thank goodness he's done it now rather than later on when I've invested more time and more energy into this person. And I almost twisted my thoughts and said, mm. this is a blessing. Because um, I think if I'd have really got myself down, then that's not a good way to go. I think it's the hardest lesson we have to learn in in uncoupling regardless. Uh, There's different, I get grieving periods. If you know, it's three years and someone ghosts you or you, I've heard the stories where they come home to the apartment or the house and everything's cleared out. Uh, I mean, really deep betrayals, but I think it's the same uh, motions, just maybe longer grieving processes, depending on the time that you guys have dated. Um, yeah. or have been talking. But mm-hmm. ghosting is something that I absolutely believe for our listeners prolongs mm-hmm. a grieving, getting over a recovery period before, um, because you're going through the initial shock. It's not yeah. just hurt. It's the shock of it, which yeah. can cloud the grieving process, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go through so many different emotions. At first, you're like upset, and then you're angry, and then you blame yourself, and then you blame them. And it's just a whirlwind. I can't even imagine someone ghosting after like years, like an actual relationship. That's wild. The emotional intelligence of people can be really damaging to partners yeah. when yeah. The, there's the stonewalling, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's worse than silent treatment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, silent, it's it's the, like you said, it's the distance, it's the, it's the, it's the absence mm-hmm. that makes it even eerier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always find, don't you find they always come back every time, whether it's like a week or a month or a year, they always find their way back. I have had a couple guys like that, that will will message like a year later and you're like, how am I still on, how am I still in the mix? How is this a thing? I'm just like, how does it even pop up in their mind that they think that they can just message like that? I unfortunately think there is a time gap in their brains. Um, I yeah. think it's called time blindness is what it's called. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a term that ADHD uh, diagnoses will use for their patients for ADHD that they'll have time blindness where they can sit, a, sit and look at a wall for eight hours or look up and say, how did I only get two things done today? And it's been 10 hours. Yeah. And so I do believe there's something about time blindness with and it could be women too, with people that don't really understand that a year has passed. They can't mm-hmm. emotionally process that. Yeah. Uh, so there's something I think more at hand than uh, just emotional intelligence. I think there's 
genuinely a um it's either depression or it's it's uh, a distraction in their life that will feel the lack of time passing. They don't yeah. feel it. And, and so they think they're justified just to text you out of the blue and they don't see the disrespect yeah. um, out of that. Yeah. And it's almost like they do it when you've just got over it as well. Mm. Isn't it? They the know. Timing. They know. It's like they have a clock for you. Yeah. And they're like, oh, she must be over it. Let me just say a WhatsApp. <laughs> is there somebody that you go to when, you know, thankfully, hopefully that's your only ghosting experience. Yeah. Uh, but when situationships end, mm-hmm. uh, is there somebody that you've gone to, to who do you go to, your parents, your friends? What, what's your process like in uncoupling? I've got really close friends and we talk about everything, which is great. Um, so I've got a great support network. And they'll already know about the situation. You know what you're like with your girlfriends when you're messaging. They'll already know. They'll have the screenshots yeah. of the conversations. They're already <laughs> seeing it things. coming. They, yeah, they've seen the whole thing coming. So, yeah, I definitely talk about it with my friends. Um, but as bad as it sounds, like a lot of people have been through it. Yeah. Ghosting is something that I don't think is talked about enough on a serious level. I think we all make jokes about it and, and they're memes, but Mm -hmm. the psychological, yeah, the TikTok, you know, memes about ghosting, but I find it, I I think the computer is a huge aid in that Mm -hmm. as well. It's something to hide behind the phone. You can hide behind. Um, I actually was set up on a first date, but I was already at the restaurant. Um, Oh, nice. and, and, a, and a prolonging of the time. I don't think it was a month. I think it was only a couple of weeks, yeah. but we had a lot in common. And so we got to the rest. I got to the restaurant and it was a restaurant that I had been wanting to go to for a while. And I sat at the bar yeah. and I just realized, like you said, when you hadn't, he did confirm that day. Um, but and I then- realized when he was so late, I didn't even text him. I don't think I was like, I'm ordering, I'm going to do my thing. Talk to the bartenders. I travel a lot by myself. So eating, eating a load of bars does not bother me. I found it more funny than anything else. And slightly mourning this idea of like, wow, we had a lot in common. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's interesting to me that he wouldn't show up, but he ends up FaceTiming me saying, oh my gosh, I forgot. And I didn't answer the FaceTime. So he starts texting me after the FaceTime in the middle of dinner saying, yeah. I'm so sorry. We forgot. I forgot the time. I completely slipped my mind. I'm at, he was, he was a bag maker. He was, and he was a new company for him. And right. so he, um, he said, do you want to FaceTime me and watch me make bags? Cause he had already, I'd already missed the first FaceTime. No, I, I just FaceTimed you. I'm so sorry. I missed it. I'll lost track of time. Do you want me to, uh, FaceTime you so you can watch me make bags. I, I'd have, honestly, I'd have replied saying your replacement's already on the way. Thank you for the... Thank you. That's it was, wild. It was wild. And I was like, who is this guy? But at the same time, I paused and I said, Holland, this man is such a demented man. And you really have to feel really sorry for yeah. him. And uh, I think he did end up texting a few months later, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it just, it blows my mind. I, I, I laugh, but I don't mean to laugh because he's got a real sickness and it's mm. going to really hurt him. Um, hopefully, 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I needless to say, I did not get on the phone and watch him make bags. Um, I can't believe he no. said that. That's yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, he like, God. I guess he hand makes bags. I was like, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not good. new I'm for it. A, a, yeah. A, I don't need a knitting lesson tonight. I'm good. Thank you. I will take it from an 80 year old woman if I want one. I think know. their excuses yeah. are just crazy sometimes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So there's different kinds of ghosting. Like you said, there's the ones that don't confirm on the day. There's the ones that just never get back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's interesting, the one night stands that'll never get back to you versus the the emotional lead up like you had was in a weird way, almost more personal because it was based off of personality and and closeness. But knowing that you said that it's really more their problem and taking a few days to grieve is okay when they're when yeah. you're ghosted to oh, have the shock sure. wear off before yeah, you, you realize have to sit in your emotions and feel it for sure you I think you can't just like think oh, on to the next you know you need mm-hmm. to feel it otherwise yeah. there'll be that build up inside you and then it'll come out eventually well I'm glad you only had a couple you know a few days of of coming to that realization of wow that was really a blessing in disguise that I didn't even have to waste one dinner one face one FaceTime with him yeah I think I think I'm happy I'm not happy it happened but I'm happier it happened now I think if it had happened a few years ago it would have affected me a lot more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I'm I'm very independent and I'm very okay I don't need you so do you feel do you feel like you're looking for a relationship now or are you actively not looking for a relationship I'd say I'm actively not looking but I'm not like completely against it I think Mm. if it comes to me it comes to me great but I feel like when I go out looking, it doesn't happen because right. you put too much pressure on it. And I think, yeah, what's meant to be will be. And hopefully th- I might meet someone. <laughs> Do you think being on a reality dating show has changed your view of dating and looking for relationships? Did it accelerate your self-worth? Did it hurt your self-worth? What was your experience with having that on on tv dating experience to now dating in real life do you know what i actually say i feel like it's made my dating life harder Mm. um for sure obviously people's intentions and stuff but i've definitely come out stronger from it and knowing what i want and what i won't settle for now Mm. and i'm probably a bit more cutthroat but there's nothing wrong in that i think if you know your worth and you know what you want then don't settle for any less is there an example of something you would have put up with before the show and now you're like, oh, I see this a mile away? Absolutely not. Um, Just multiple red flags. You know, in the beginning of talking to someone and they'll do a few things and you think, mm, I'm not sure about this. Mm-hmm. You know, taking like a day to reply or like... Right. Things like that. I think now I'm a bit lenient, like the, maybe like the first two times, but then after that, I'll just say, look, communication is really key for me if you can't fulfill that then you know it's not going to work out right I I also feel like if um sometimes you legitimately are really busy if you're trying to if you're an entrepreneur and you've got three deals going on and then you've got birthday parties and trips with friends or family obligations and it does take you a legitimate day to get back and you have that sort of like head smack of like oh god how did I I saw the text I meant to reply I didn't reply yeah and that happens more than, like you said, a couple times. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to date. That's okay. No. Yeah, but it's you, fine. you know, it's you. You just 
you might have actually really liked that girl if the timing was right, but you just don't have time to date. Yeah, and that's, I always think simple. it's sometimes right person, wrong timing as well. Mm. Which is sure. okay. It's It sucks, yeah. but that's part of life. Like, sucking is part of life. It's okay. No, it is. It really yeah. is. It's all part of it. But, um, yeah. yeah, communication's really key for me. And I think if you're busy, okay. I'll, I'll always say, look, I'm really busy with work. I'm going to be off my phone for a few hours, but I'll promise I'll reply when I can. And I think that's all we need. And men as well. We just need that reassurance I don't think in the start of a relationship that you should be texting 24-7 because for me it's just not feasible to keep that up. And I think then when the communication drops and the texts get less and, you know, the excitement kind of drops a little bit, then people are like, oh, no, they're not replying to me straight away. They've taken hours. And I think if you start from the get-go, maybe just saying, oh, we'll catch up after work, we'll have a FaceTime. Right. Rather than texting every five minutes. Planning when you could speak and then yeah. planning a face-to-face date if yeah. that's feasible. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you speak on a Tuesday and you know you're going to see them on the Thursday. So you don't need to speak the Wednesday because you know you're going to see them. Hopefully they turn up. <laughs> and right. then, you know, you're sorted. But I think that's a big thing as well. It's just over-communicating as well in the beginning. Earning, earning the the overshare is is yeah organically growing and not not rushing yeah and I think like running out of things to say there's only only so many times you can say how are you how's your day what are you up to um yeah I think for me that in definitely in future relationships I won't communicate as much in the beginning whereas when I was younger Mm -hmm. I used to want to text all the time and and cool and just like you just want you're you're obsessed with that person aren't you so you just want to talk right but sometimes it's not the best thing to do I uh, a therapist that I really admire says uh when the lust and like you said the the urge to just overshare the urge to just text 24 7 Mm -hmm. um that's lust and that's what 16 year olds do but grown women uh know there's a time and a place to grow organically and to love is so many things. Love is timing. Uh, we're taught love is everything. And if you love someone, make it work, you know, as children. But when we grow yeah. up, it's it's uh, a lot more logistical, not quite as romantic. Yeah. And uh, but that's OK for, for a long term, organically grown at a decent pace. Yeah. I feel like that's that's sure. important to, to note. When, yeah. Uh, so. All right now, are you are you in the season of dating yourself and dating your friends and 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 enjoying your family time? Is that is that what, yeah? What you come out on the other side of situationships. Yeah, my focus is like on my family and like my friends going out for dinners and just I'm so busy with work as well. I, like I just don't almost have. I want to give someone my everything, and I don't feel like I can really do that at the moment. But then I think if I did meet the right person, I would just make it work. Mm. So we haven't met the right person. So what are you looking for in a relationship when you will be looking for one? Is there Uh, communication? Yeah, communication is so key for me. You know, loyalty, of course. Just banter, someone that's funny. I feel like, you know, life can be so serious sometimes. It's nice Mm. to just have someone that you can unwind with and not take it so seriously. But then they also have that sweet side to them where you can have those deep chats and it's not always 
taking the mickey out of each other. Um, and someone who's very family orientated as well. Okay. Sure. So family's on the horizon as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that definitely just does it for, uh, for, I think situationships and ghosting are really important. And, and I just appreciate you bringing mm-hmm. those up and yeah, uh, destigmatizing them because there's nothing wrong with admitting that you've never had a boyfriend or, yeah. uh, you know, I think especially with people in their late twenties, I, I, mm-hmm. I do think that that's something that's more common than people in their thirties and forties, that situationships are more prevalent these days. Yeah, for sure. And I, do you know what? I used to feel really embarrassed telling people that I'd never had a relationship because I always worried they'd think, oh, there must be something wrong with her. Mm. I'd always used to, I'd start off the sentence with, I've never been in a relationship, but I promise there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and now I'm like, I've never been in a relationship because it hasn't worked out, timing, you know, and I just don't, you know, I'm 28, I'm still young. Mm-hmm. I've had situations, it's not like I haven't dated. I've just never had that label. But yeah. I think we need to just scrap the whole situationship. I, I think the first step in scrapping situationships is, yeah. like you said, communication is key. Yeah. And having enough self-worth as the man or the, a woman mm-hmm. saying, this is what I want if you want something different. And if enough of those questions are asked... Mm-hmm. And they're and the people that are looking for situationships, they're running into so many dead ends because everybody is holding them accountable. Yeah, they're going to have a harder time avoiding the fact that it, they have to admit that's what they're looking for, mm-hmm. and not uh, you know putting on a costume and pretending it's Halloween and saying, "Oh, I'm looking for something else," and looking like they're they're uh, not the walking quacking duck. You know, if that's what you are, you need to admit that's what you are. Yeah, and, and like go into something and say, look, I'm not looking for anything serious. It's just a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. If it turns into something, great. But at least th- then you know what page you're on and you can either exactly. agree to it or not. And then it's up to you. Mm. Yeah, I think destigmatizing de- the situationships and like you said, admitting that you've run into them and there's no, there's no, uh, shame and admitting yeah. that situationships is just another chapter in self self-growth and yeah. realizing you didn't want to be in them but you found yourself in them is such a huge key yeah and really a, a massive point is just don't blame yourself it's so mm-hmm. easily done and think what did I say something wrong did I do something wrong it's not you it's them right <laughs> you know you can't blame yourself in these situations Mm. it just is what it is and you just got to move on there's billions of people in the world you'll find someone for you um and we always end up getting over it anyway you always think oh this is the end of the world but if you remember the last situation you were heartbroken over you don't even think about it today you know Mm -hmm. Mm. have you have you ever read artist's way by julie cameron no it's a book about dating yourself Okay, uh, and so it's it takes you like a step by step process, yeah. Um, where you take yourself out on dates and you journal mm. about certain prompts. So I yeah. highly recommend to everybody, uh, artists. So I, people, I have friends that have done it a couple times in their life, going to yeah. keep going through the book. But yeah. our, the artist's way, uh, it's technically for artists, mm-hmm. uh, but it can be for any absolutely anybody. So this could help in your professional as well as personal life. Oh, I'm definitely yeah. going to check that out. Yeah, you'll have to send yeah. it to me. Lovely. Well, our next segment is going to be a lightning round, and it's going to be either one word or one sentence answers, whatever first comes to you. 
Okay. So when was your first breakup? Oh, technically never. Technically <laughs> never. That's technically yeah. true. Right. <laughs> and who was your first crush? Childhood school sweetheart. Do you remember how old you were? 16. 16? Yeah. Oh. And then what is your model relationship? Um, My mum. And then what is your breakup movie? What's the one that's 10, 10 Things I Hate About You? About you. Yeah. 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 There's that one. That's yeah. a fun one. <laughs> and what is your uh, breakup song or band? Oh, I, ha- I do have heartbreak mixes on my Spotify. But I love, you know, Lewis Capaldi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lewis Capaldi, yeah. Yeah. And what is your breakup food or stress food? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. You guys have the best chocolate. Oh, those twirls. I'll never get over them. You love? Oh, good. <laughs> the twirls. They're so random, but the twirls. First thing you do after a breakup or a situationship breakup? Um, rant to my friends and play sad music. What is your number one red flag in a relationship or potential relationship? Um, bad communication. And your number one green flag in a relationship or potential relationship? Um, communication communication and what is a fun quirk of yours that your partners in the past have loved I'm a bit nerdy you know I this is really embarrassing I used to like plane spot a little bit I had a a plane radar app so I'd like spot where planes were going and when I was on holiday I'd do it with my brother and we'd guess where the plane was coming from oh that's lovely that's so lovely I love that a little bit nerdy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's there's apps that will show um, how many runways an airport has. So yeah. you can see the lineup um, behind you. Yeah. If you have the radar. Yeah, it's quite fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And our last segment is words of wisdom. And yeah. at the end of all of our interviews, we'd like to a- ask you guys any guidance you would give any of our listeners going through an uncoupling, whether that be a situationship, whether they've just been ghosted Uh or a long-term relationship, what is the guidance you would give? The guidance I would give is, you know, if you've just come out of a situation or you're going through heartbreak, almost turn it into a blessing and what's ever meant to be for you, it will be for you. And if it's not, then, you know, it's just a lesson and you just got to move forward and focus on yourself. Thank you so much. It was, uh, I absolutely think people are going to take so many things away from situationships and ghosting, especially are are such particular gut-wrenching experiences. So the fact that you've been so honest about it is, is really helpful. Yeah. And as you said, social media is like, you know, we make lighthearted jokes about it, but it really is deep. They're going to come out better on the other side with, uh, with your advice. So I appreciate it. Oh, for sure. And you guys, you can get through anything. Mm. Each day at a time. time. (laughs) I'm your host, Holland Roden. Don't forget to subscribe to Uncoupling and sign up for our exclusive Patreon member. We're going to see you next time. Thank you so much, Olivia, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uncoupling Podcast is produced by Stampede Ventures, Jason R. Ellis, and Holland Roden.